0: If you look at the label of the shirt you are wearing right now, chances are it's made out of cotton and or polyester. Cotton, of course, is grown exclusively in warm climates. And aside from its historic connections to slavery, is a petrochemical intensive crop. Polyester, on the other hand, is a synthetic made from fossil fuels. Neither is particularly friendly to the environment or to the atmosphere. One group in Wisconsin is trying to revive a very old textile made from a plant that readily grows in northern climates. And uh, produces, needs little in the way of fertilizer, and produces a durable, comfortable cloth that has some useful moisture-wicking properties. We're talking about flax and its cloth product, linen. Leslie Schrader and Karen Hendrick-Hans are the co-founders of the Wisconsin Linen Revival. Leslie Schrader joins us now in the studio. Welcome, Leslie.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And on the phone, we have Karen Hendrick-Hans. Welcome to the 8 o'clock buzz, Karen.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having us, Bruce. And it's Kendrick with a K.
0: Kendrick, it, sorry, excuse it, me. Uh, and it's, it's Brian. mother <laughs> 17 years. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Leslie, let's start with you. Uh, what What is this flax plant, and why don't we see much of it around anymore? Well,
1: you gave a pretty sweet... Um, Uh, introduction to the plant. Um, It is a (coughs) flax plant. People most familiar with flax are thinking about seed that you might sprinkle on your granola or um, seed that's made into oil. But um, we're talking about the stem of the plant, um, and that is a fiber that is made into linen.
0: And, and the term linen has sort of, like, grown beyond just f- m- things made out of that. It could mean any sort of sheet or towel or...
1: Well, I w- yeah, so I sometimes say linen kind of lost its brand in some ways because people say table linens, and they, you know, don't necessarily these days have them made out of linen. It could be cotton or polyester. But um, historically, uh, linen was uh, l- the large percentage of our uh, clothing.
0: And what, what happened? Why don't we use flax uh, in that way anymore?
2: Karen? Well, um, flax is pretty labor-intensive. Uh, cotton looked cheaper and easier because of the slave labor involved in making it. Um, and then cotton got displaced by, to a large extent by polyester. And so it's competing against those newer technologies, and I think a, a lack of knowledge by the consumers of what they've lost by turning their backs on linen.
0: And how uh, how long had flax been used as a as a textile product, Leslie?
1: Oh well, so the oldest remnant uh, scrap of a twisted piece of um, cordage, so rope of uh, the flax plant. Uh, they found in a cave and it's 30,000 years old. And that's just one that they found. So obviously it's something that's like deeply um, embedded in uh, humans textile use.
0: And is it, uh, is it native to Europe or is it worldwide? Where's it? Oh, that's a a good question.
1: Yeah. It's native to kind of um, that Mediterranean, uh, Eastern uh, Europe, European area.
0: What are some of the qualities of linen cloth that make it uh, desirable for clothing or, or other textiles?
1: Yeah, extreme durability is one of them. But, like, straight out the gate, it's got a nice hand. Um, It's got a nice drape. And then it's also um, a stain-resistant textile. It's absorbent. It's moisture-wicking.
0: And uh, And then
2: it dries fast as well. So you wash it it'll dry faster than your cotton t-shirt will
1: right so linen kind of yeah linen has a little bit of a a reputation of making some you know beautiful high quality garments but it's also something that can be used to go for a hike and be um so it's very diverse fabric
0: if you're uh, an avid hiker especially in cooler weather there's a phrase that says cotton kills uh, because it tends to absorb moisture and chills you Uh, what happens to linen under those circumstances
1: yeah, so the um, moisture wicks away and evaporates.
0: So it's almost like a like polypropylene or something,
1: right? And it's like a it's a nice fiber to um, keep you cool in the summer, too.
0: Karen uh, Kendrick Hans, tell us a little bit about the founding of Wisconsin Linen Revival. How did this get started, and why did you choose to uh, to start s- preaching the gospel of flax?
2: Um, it started because of the vision of my my good friend and colleague, Leslie, um, she she got a grant from the Willie Street Co-op, set out a questionnaire. I had just joined the local fiber group, uh, now it's called Fiber Shed Heartland, and saw that someone was a Bast Fiber, which Lennon is a Bast Fiber enthusiast. Um, I contacted Leslie, and in the amazing serendipity of Madison, found out that she lived less than two blocks from my condo. <laughs> um, and and we connected and said, "Well, let's dream the next impossible dream. Let's do this."
0: And and what exactly does Wisconsin Linen Revival do? What what kinds of activities do you engage in, Leslie?
1: Yeah, so we've done a lot of outreach, and we're trying to make ourselves have a really good, solid foundation. So um, understanding every step of the process, and then one of the other things that we're working to understand is the scalability. So right now, where do we start at? We have just only hand processing, um, and what level is achievable for us next? Um, in the Like Karen mentioned, I did some outreach, so a little... Um, small amount of market research within our local um, fiber arts community, and it's really clear that people are interested in um, flax and linen. Um, And then this last year, I went through the Starting Block um, Business Incubator Mentorship Program, and that really helped us understand and line some things up. Um, We, this last year, completed um, some informal flax trials, so we had five growers growing five different um, seed varieties across the state, so that's in part just sort of proof of concept. In fact, the plant can and has uh, grown um, all the way from the south to as uh, far north as Eagle River in this state. Um, and then we were invited um, in the last uh, this last few months to join the UW Extension's Emerging Crops Accelerator Program. Um, so we're working on a lot of different angles right now.
0: What's the dream? What would you like to see happen in uh, five or ten years?
1: Yeah, so it's that um, our consumers have access to locally grown flax and processed linen Um sustainably produced to um, that benefits um, diversifying our uh, local agricultural economy um, and build community between the farmers and consumers and shorten that journey from seed to shirt.
0: One of the other uh, textiles that has been uh, getting some press lately, of course, is hemp. And uh, what's the, are there similarities between hemp and flax or differences or reasons to prefer one over the other?
1: Yeah, for sure. So f- hemp uh, is a- also a bast fiber. Yeah, Karen, would you like to?
2: Go to ahead, Karen. I just, I would sense... I would send a hemp shirt to someone I didn't like. I would send a linen shirt to someone I liked.
1: So what Karen means to say is hemp and flax have a lot in common. However, hemp is just rougher. It is just a rougher fiber. Um, so if you have, unfortunately if you have a hemp shirt that feels really soft and wearable, it's because it had to go through a chemical process to um, soften it. So yeah, they're, they have a lot in common. We could use the same infrastructure. So there's a lot of reasons for us to collaborate with um, hemp growers because there's you know, similarity in the processing equipment.
0: Karen, I'm anticipating some angry calls from hemp proponents uh, uh, any second now.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, hemp hemp has its uses. It's also a durable fiber. Um, Leslie and I started this journey obsessed by linen for clothing. But along the way, we've realized that, that that Latin name for the plant says the most useful. And indeed, there's not a scrap of the flax plant. That goes for waste. There's a there's a developing market, at least in other states, um, to use both hemp and flax fiber and waste. The shive is as a as composites in materials to make um, cloth for for ground cover applications, geotextiles, um, bedding, mulch. It's durable. and just Hemp isn't as nice to your skin as linen
0: is and flax. Uh, Are the two of you wearing flax clothing right now?
1: Well, this is a linen blend uh, scarf that I knitted.
0: Okay. Karen? Oh,
2: you you got me because I had my throw-on for the cold morning pajamas on, and they're not (laughs)
0: linen. Well, I'll have to work on that, so... (laughs) So I, one of the things I find fascinating about uh, the whole issue of textiles is, um, you know, for most of human history, textiles were uh, extraordinarily expensive. I mean, they were the they were the trade goods that people would travel long and far to 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 acquire. And now we're at a situation where we have giant bales of cotton T-shirts that we just basically give away to the uh, to the third. are literally worthless. How do we get to that point? And how do we and is that a, is that a healthy place to be for the economy or the environment?
2: Oh, Karen wants to answer this
0: one. Go for it.
2: Um, linen was very labor intensive and still is. And once we translated labor into fossil fuel, energy and carbon thrown into the, into the atmosphere, um, things began to, to look cheaper. So cotton, with all of its inputs, as you mentioned, and polyester are super dependent on our fossil fuel-powered throwaway economy. So as
1: Karen was um, saying within there, just that huge environmental uh, footprint of our current fashion industry, we're all recognizing more and more what a problem that is. And I want to say, too, that... um, Plastic clothes, um, and we understand that we have a uh, plastic in water problem that is blossoming uh, tragically. They say up to thirty percent of the plastic in our water, though, is coming right from our clothes. So we're all familiar with when you put your clothes in the dryer and the lint comes out—that's a little bit of your clothes falling apart—and the same thing is happening in the washer. So these little nanofibers of plastic are going in our water, and it's from our clothes. Our big percentages from our clothes so there's so many problems from every layer with our current fashion industry and what we're looking at right here is we have a solution for it and we can grow it in Wisconsin
0: so if people want to find out more about the Wisconsin Linen Revival what's the best way to do that
1: so check out wisconsinlinenrevival.org um, you can sign up for updates through that we've got a pretty hefty FAQ on our website lots of information there um, like us on the so- social media Facebook Instagram and then of course um, we want you to buy linen and talk to your friends about it
0: All right. We've been speaking with Leslie Schrader and Karen Kendrick-Hans, co-founders of the Wisconsin Linden Revival. Thank you both for joining us on the 8 O'Clock Buzz.
1: Thank you, Brian. Thank you.